0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Our next guest, I don't know if any of these bands are up his wheelhouse. I know he's a big R.E.M. fan. Joining us right now on the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Scores guest line. They are truly steps beyond convenient. My former colleague, my friend, uh, and one of the best writers covering the NBA, Howard Beck. Howard, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great, Ethan. Did you say expose? I said
1: Exposé,
2: yes, I said it. Oh, my it. God. Uh, I, I had no idea they were still uh, singing. Uh, Silver Sun Pickups, though, great group. That is a really eclectic uh, collection that they got, but Silver Sun Pickups are fantastic.
1: Yeah, this one's all over the board. They got about 40 bands, so it's like one one day it goes a little bit further back in time, and, you know, they kind of mix all of our stations here. So there's something for everyone here, and you have something for everyone in terms of NBA coverage. Um so I, I want to start here with you because this is, uh, this has been one of the things that's interested me about this particular season is I've never seen a season where there was just such, I don't know, uh, just, it just feels like an inevitability um, in terms of what we're going to see in the NBA Finals. Can you make a case for anybody else other than the Warriors mm-hmm. or the Cavaliers this season?
2: I can't, and I wrote about this last week. It was the theme of, of my, you know, kind of season preview about the Warriors uh, and, to an extent, the Cavs. That no, certainly in the 20 years, and this is my 20th season covering the league. Certainly in the in the years of, of everybody else that I spoke to for that story, no one has seen it uh, feel this uh, predictable, or at least this uh, lopsided before a season starts. And obviously, the caveats apply. Anything can happen. But when I asked people that exact question, Ethan, can you make a case? Can you make a case for anyone else? The answer was no, every single time. Unanimously, no. No one is making a case for the Clippers. No one's making a case for the Spurs. No one's making a case for Toronto or Boston unless you start getting into happenstance, injuries, chemistry breakdowns, whatever. But on its face, there is no um, basketball case to make where you can say, well, the Clippers could knock off the Warriors at full strength because of X, Y, and Z. Or the Raptors can knock off the Cavs because there's no basketball case to be made, none that don't involve injuries or a bus driving off a cliff
0: <laughs> and and how but it but it, is that a bad thing I, the bus is obviously a bad thing but the situation <laughs> the situation here um you know th- th- is, is, isn't this kind of like celtics lakers of the of the 80s where it seemed inevitable no. No no. no 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 because of detroit no. chicago back then and philly uh, i'm glad you brought it up Perk.
2: look Everybody says it, and they say, look, this is just the same as it ever was. NBA has always been this way. No, no, it actually hasn't, because in those years, when the, you know, the, the 80s certainly dominated by two teams ultimately, but if you ask people who were covering or people who were, you know, from our you know, media perspective or people who were around during that era, there were uh, worthy rivals, um, especially for the Celtics and having to get through Philly or Milwaukee. There were, there were always other teams where you thought, they could win, and even in this era, just a year ago, at this time, with the Warriors as the defending champions in, in October of 2015, we still were all talking about, you know what, the Clippers could win it, the Rockets could win it, before their collapse, the Spurs could win it, there was a, the Thunder could win it. There was a five-team race just a year ago, and now it's one, <laughs> again, barring injury. And the 80s weren't that way. It wasn't foregone in both conferences. And, yeah, we've had other years in the last 5, 10, 15 years where you said one conference or the other seemed preordained, but not both simultaneously. And, no, I don't think it's good for the NBA. Howard, the Heat fans, they don't don't have any aspirations for being in that group you are mentioning there. But what do you see the Heat as this season? Justice Winslow improving. They they call them the baby Heats down here. we got a bunch of – kind of you know mix-and-match guys, connected with the guys that have been here, they're younger, what do you see the heat at? What is their
0: identity this year? What kind of team will they be?
2: That's a great question. I mean, what is their identity? I mean, when you lose a guy like Wade, forget the fact that Bosch is pretty much done there and the fact that LeBron moved on a couple summers ago. At a minimum, even Wade in his twilight years, you knew that the team would be defined by him, just as the Lakers were still defined by Kobe and Spurs to a large extent were still defined by Duncan. And when a guy of, of that stature leaves, not just taking whatever talent they have left with them, but taking their their personality, the imprint they put in the locker room, the just the identity of the team that's been built around them, it's the great unknown. And you know, look, they spent a boatload on Hassan Whiteside to bring him back. It was you know the only choice they really had. But you know, are, are we all certain that Hassan Whiteside is is fully matured and is, is going to be? That that reliable pillar for the foreseeable future. Uh, I loved Dragic when he was in Phoenix, uh, and, and you know when he's been in other places too. I mean, I think he's had some really great moments. Didn't fit as well with Wade, and maybe you know the Heat with Dragic kind of unleashed and, and with more control of the offense um, gets back to what we saw in Phoenix a couple of years ago. But there's just not enough talent there right now, and certainly not enough uh, proven talent. To see the Heat as anything other than I think a lottery team in the East, and that's even with the East being kind of unsettled. But I just think that they're 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 you know moving into the great unknown here. I think the, the trade rumors, you know, or at least speculation, have already begun with regard to Dragic. wouldn't surprise me given that they you know uh, now are clearly in in a, in a kind of a pseudo rebuilding mode. If they went full bore and, and flipped him to get some picks back.
1: I'm right, talking to Howard Beck here uh, from Bleacher Report on 790. The ticket, um, you know, Howard, you mentioned the East and things being a little bit unsettled, and, and that's and again, I, look, I, I think there's some Kool-Aid drinking going on here down in South Florida. High seat drinking, juicy juice drinking. I'm not sure what they're drinking, uh, but they're drinking something. They think that I'm crazy because I've had the heat sort of in the mid 30s in terms of winds, uh, even though I have seen promising things this preseason. But the thing is that when I look at the Eastern Conference. Um, I really struggle to separate teams, you know. Like, even like we're assuming Toronto and Boston, maybe Indiana might be the three next best teams in the Eastern Conference, right? But I look at Toronto and I say, okay, you know what their backcourt is. Uh, they have a hole at power forward, which now with the Sullinger thing that that crops up again. They didn't really improve anywhere else. They lost Biombo, who was important to them during the playoffs. I look at Boston. I still think their overall talent level—Horford helps a lot, right? But I still think their overall talent level doesn't scream to me 50-something wins. Indiana's playing a different style. Detroit's going to be without Reggie Jackson at the beginning of the season. Like, I, I I don't see a lot of teams that scare you. I mean, which of those teams, of any of those teams, can give Cleveland a fight in the East? Which is the one that you would pick?
2: I would pick none for all the reasons you just laid out. Um, Back to our original premise, this this season (laughs) doesn't have much drama to it when it comes right down to it, unless the Cavs uh, have injuries or some old chemistry issues crop up. Um, It's exactly what you said, Ethan. Look, Boston adding Horford is a great move. Anybody adding Horford, for the most part, is a great move. They still don't have that one guy who gets you over the top. That you know, they don't have a LeBron, they don't have a Durant or a Curry. They just it, it, it's it's not enough. They're still looking for that guy. Um, and Toronto, you know, to me, Toronto is still about does Valanciunas have another level to get to? Can he get there? Um, is he still you know de- developing? Because he, he's really talented, and he's and he's play him against the Cavs, who don't really have a lot. Of, I mean, that, you have know, and if you can play him against the Cavs, who don't really have a lot. Of, I mean, that, you know, Mozgov left. Um, Tristan Thompson's kind of an undersized center for them now. They're they're, they're kind of more playing a small ball style. Um, Valanciunas could be the, the advantage. And then Damari Carroll, who wasn't healthy most of last season, if he's healthy, he's the guy you want checking LeBron. So, I mean, there's my pseudo case for the Raptors, is that maybe they can hit them where they're not as strong uh, at center. And they've got, you know, two all-stars in the backcourt, the Raptors, and they've got Damari Carroll, who went healthy, I'm not saying he can check LeBron, nobody can, but he's the right kind of player to put uh, in that position. But do I believe Toronto's going to knock off the Cavs in the playoffs? No.
0: Howard, let's go off the court a little bit to, to social issues. You know what's been going on in the NFL with the National Anthem protest. The the NBA is pretty um, pretty active, whether it's Trayvon Martin or Ferguson, Missouri, or, or yeah. whatever. Do you anticipate um, widespread um, action in the league, whether it is a national anthem singer, such as you had in Miami, or whether it is players? And if stuff uh, happens widespread, do players step in LeBron and Carmelo and Dwayne? Does Adam Silver step in? I'm not a slippery slope guy, but I'm, I'm, I'm wondering where you think this thing is going, if anywhere, in the NBA.
2: I don't think it's going anywhere, Chris. I mean, you know, Jonathan Abrams and I co bylined a story a couple days ago, or yesterday, I guess it was, um, about the fact that NBA players and the NBA as a league and with the union uh, involved as well, they've all kind of come to the same conclusion, which is anthem protest is not where we want to go. They're going to link arms. They're going to do other things to show that there's an awareness and a solidarity um, and that these issues are present and important, but without actually protesting the anthem itself, and they're preferring to engage in in off-court actions that they consider to be more meaningful, such as getting together with uh, police and community groups and kids and opening up lines of dialogue. Uh, And and the NBA has always been, I think, at the forefront on these things. I think NBA players have done a great job in leading on this. There's a new PSA that just came out today that you can see on YouTube and will be on TV tonight with uh, with, uh, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, and Carmelo all featured in it. Um, they're taking a different approach. I don't anticipate that anything's going to change at the last minute. We're going to all of a sudden see protests from NBA players. But, you know, guys are individuals. If somebody wants to do something, you know, there's always that chance. And if anthem singers want to take knee as, as you guys saw, it could happen. But um, I don't think that that's going to define this season for the NBA.
1: Howard, you mentioned maybe the Heat don't have enough talent. They'd be a lottery team this year. If it gets to that
2: point later in the year, do you see them as a team that's shopping Goran Dragic? I think they probably have to if that's where it's headed. I mean, I think it's always, you know, smart to say, well, look, you know, we haven't seen this team as constructed um, get its shot. Let's let's give it a couple of months and see where they go. And then if things aren't going that well, uh, you know, there's always going to be a market out there for Dragic. I don't know if you can get back the two first-round picks that the Heat gave up to get him, but – you know, I think it's something that if you're not in the race, you have to entertain before the trade deadline, uh, because this really is now about the youth. This, you know, their future lies with Winslow and, and Whiteside and, and you know Tyler Johnson and the rest of these guys. Um, so you you have to at some point make that call, and you know they they are conceding for the first time that you know <laughs> look, it's not this you know that this really is a rebuilding year. I think Riley has pretty much put that out there. So now it's a question of how far with the rebuilding do you go or is there a middle way? You know, and some teams have done that. You know the Milwaukee Bucks never really tore down uh, to go the lottery route, even though they ended up there by accident. Um, and the Pacers never tore down to go there. So there there is this middle way that some teams will will uh, pursue where you don't just rip it down to the studs and rely on draft picks, especially when you don't control your draft picks. Um, so we'll see. And then this is supposed to be a pretty strong draft. So you know, th- there's going to be a temptation for teams who are out of it in February to you know let go of the reins.
1: Howard, we appreciate it. Who, who knew? Uh, it's been a while since I've seen you. That uh, since the last time I saw you, that the Cleveland Indians would be hosting a World Series, and the Cle- <laughs> and and the and the and the, and the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers would be celebrating a championship. Well, and the Cleveland Browns would be winless. Uh, We kind of knew that would be the case. But uh, still amazing things have happened. Thank you, sir. We appreciate
2: it. Always your time, to you guys. Thanks.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.